So I I was thinking about uh, Batman Returns since that's what we're going to talk about. But before we jump into that, uh, <laughs> I I have a Batman story for you guys, and it's it's probably less funny than you you you'd want, but I think it at least <laughs> it usually is tells you <laughs> how much of a loser I have always been. Um, Batman, the Tim Burton's '89 Batman is the first movie I remember as a kid really wanting to see. Yeah, me too. Uh, I just was so excited about it, and I kind of looked back, and I was like six, and I kind of shocked that I didn't see it in the theater, but I did get it on VHS, I think, for Christmas. So I probably would have still been six years old, at best seven, which I think is pretty nuts. <laughs> you would well, have to been. Be fair, you... If you would have seen it yesterday, you would have seen it at six years old. <laughs> I was so excited about it, and I had learned in school that carrots are good for your vision. You're so pathetic, Rob. I, I like where this is going. <laughs> so I was so Come excited on. about getting the the getting it, and I think my parents had hinted to me that I was going to get it for Christmas. So all I ate, <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> all I ate in December was carrots because I knew it was a dark film, and I wanted my eyes to be as sharp as possible. Jesus for it. Oh my god. <laughs> Were you super constipated that whole month? I don't. I don't know. So I always remember Batman and carrots. That's what I always <laughs> think about. What's wrong with that sickly orange boy? <laughs> <laughs> you turned yourself into the lamest Batman villain. <laughs> Why is that kid uh, orange? He just is excited about Batman. He's, he seems very tired and weak. <laughs> he keeps calling himself Beta Carotene. <laughs> Let's just call him Beta. <laughs> and this, and I. That's how I became a Beta boy. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, hold on. Do you guys see something? What's that? Up in the sky? Oh, what is that? It's a signal. Let's go. Oh. dun na 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 podcast <laughs> Shh. Welcome, listeners, to a free podcast. And of course, this season we are talking about Fail Sun Follies. Uh, in this week's episode, we are talking about the movie Batman Returns. And I guess I should introduce myself. I am co host Rob and joined, as always, by my good friends Joe and Duff. Hello, everybody. Guys, this movie is messed up. I love it so much. <laughs> I think we're going to have some interesting opinions on this movie. Uh, you know, it's interesting because of Gladiator, uh, Gladiator with Commodus, it's like an absolute, you know, if you could draw up what a fail sun is, it's a good intro to fail suns. It's fail suns 101. It's the really. traditional fail sun. Yeah. I think this is much more interesting because we have a few different characters that we can talk about. There's there's layers to this thing. Yes. And, and, and I don't know, I think we even might differ on who we think is a fail sun. <sighs> I... I would like I went back and forth. Basically every male in this movie is at some point a fail son. <laughs> well, I mean I think the most obvious one that I don't think we'll have too much of a discussion or or argument about is uh would be a, a bit character in the movie, but still kind of your classic fail son would be uh Chip Shrek, which is Max Shrek's son. Do we agree on that? <laughs> 
I love Chip. Uh, before we get into a few things about Chip, number one, uh, I'm convinced that he was doing Tommy Wiseau before Tommy Wiseau. Uh, second, he is played by a Hulk of a man named Andrew Borinsky. Uh, yep, yep. And that guy is something special. Yeah, should we know who he is? I don't know who that uh, is. No, you will best know him as uh, Zangief from Street Fighter. Yes, and? And as the new Leatherface. Yes! <laughs> from like the, the remake the, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes. From the Platinum Dunes remakes. Yeah, uh, He was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning. <laughs> That's wild to me. So you can play like multiple angel, a pretty broad age range then. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also in uh, the remake of Rollerball and the first Scooby Doo movie. Subtle fare. <laughs> so, so for our listeners, Max Shrek, of course, is a Christopher Walken character in this movie, and uh, he's rich. He's you know like the power of Gotham, and Chip is his son, uh, who at one point in the movie, guys, almost slips on the ice. Did you guys notice that? I think so. No, I didn't notice it. <laughs> like where, when, when? It's it's pretty early in the movie, but they go outside. To like do when the, they're lighting the tree. Yeah, and he like walks out there with his dad, and he almost slips is, and falls. Is that when he's like, "Dad, save yourself, go." That's, that's before that. That's before. <laughs> okay. He does. I mean, he does try to save his dad. He shows genuine courage. He's, I think in this movie, he's a dutiful lunkhead of a son. Yeah, well, he just <laughs> wants his dad to love him. And Seems like his dad does. Eh? I, that's why I don't really think he fits the definition very well. But, but if we found out more about him, I would not be surprised I, at all if he ticked off all the boxes. I guarantee that that dude is just Brett Kavanaugh, except maybe a little nicer. Like, yeah, sh- I, I, I was going to say he uh, he kind of reminded me of our uh, our 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 wonderful president and his relationship with his dad a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, it's more more our our president and his son. Like yeah, it D- works DJ both ways. DJ. So, so here's yeah. where here's where we get into layers of this movie. At at some point, for basically Max and Chip and Max and the Penguin, I'm like, oh, this is the son and that's the father, or it flips around, or it's a it's a wild movie, guys. It's just the power dynamics in this movie are off the charts. It is a very bizarre movie. Uh, my first thought. Uh, rewatching it and also thinking back to when I saw it as a kid. Not very kid-friendly movie. Is this the weirdest big summer blockbuster? I mean, it is like when it when it came out, its first weekend it, it broke records. Like it had the biggest first weekend ever at the time in the history of like box office. And that is a bizarre bizarre movie in tone to have that. Well, I mean, it was going off of the yeah. Mojo and Batman and whatnot. I mean, anything with Batman will make a certain amount of money, but just the ideas in the first place, it just... <laughs> We're probably getting out of ourselves. Uh, so let's, let's go back to Chip. <clears throat> so my only comment I have on Chip is that the Penguin at one point calls him exactly what he is, and that is the Great White Dope. <laughs> Uh, Chip reminds me of Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, I like that. So Underrated I'm, movie. Very good movie. I'm just going to think of him as Kronk now. Just very loyal, not very smart. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and he does, although I will say the one thing I, I had in my notes when I was watching it is, at first I was like, does he know his dad's, like, a criminal? But he absolutely does. He's complicit in all of it. Yeah. Because he asks, like, he even knows, like, he's shocked when the secretary comes back and finds out, you know, so he knows his dad tried to kill her. Um, so is is the Shrek family as or more powerful than Bruce Wayne's? I think at this point they're more powerful. I think Bruce Wayne is just like a sad millionaire in his like mansion. Yeah. Um, they, they do need his money though. That's true. And he does oppose their power plant. Um, that's true. Um, but enough about Chip unless either of you guys have anything more on him. No. He's I think... I, I love him. He's so good. <laughs> Should we... I love his big coat too. <laughs> Him and, I mean, his dad's got quite the sense of style, too. Oh, yeah. The Jay Peterman style, really. Um, do, should we should we move on to another character, or, Joe, I know let's there's just some do, themes. Let's just list the ones people, like, we're going to focus on for the episode. Okay. Um, so, I think the the most interesting one to talk about is, uh, is, is Penguin. It's the Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot. Um... He's like I think he's the most interesting interesting discussion on if he is a fail son because what's weird about this movie when we decided to to do and I actually think this is a movie that uh, our community of listeners before we even released a, a proper episode suggested doing and and I I think it that's kind of why we squeeze it in here but when I was watching it it's there's not like I said there's not like a commodus there's not like an absolute fail son but it is a movie about parents and privilege. Yeah, and it, the first five minutes or so, I got freaked out because I'm like, oh, this doesn't work at all because he doesn't come from privilege, but he still has the, the mentality of he a could have. son. He he. I mean, he did. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I just mean he grows up in the sewer. Yeah. I mean, this is where, like, perspective matters, too, because if you're the parents... Uh, he's absolutely a fail son because <laughs> you can't have a kid born of flippers eating cats. This is true. You know, you got to, I don't know what you do about that. I don't think they handled it the best way. I don't know if literally throwing out the baby with the bathwater was the right move, but. Um, I do like but, that they used a belt to strap him in so that nothing would happen <laughs> to him in the That's bassinet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, why are you even using the bassinet? <laughs> they had to move him out of the cage. That's also, I wonder, what happened that they were like, we got to put this kid in a cage. And then he still eats a cat through the cage. And also, why did they have that very well-suited cage? Like, was... <laughs> <laughs> All great questions for the cobble pots. Uh, and a, and, and a... special catalogs where you can order anything. <laughs> and and of course, enough. his parents uh, being uh, peewee. Yes. And, uh, is the mom famous? I don't think I'm she's not famous. sure. The, the the dad was originally going to be uh, Burgess Meredith, but he got sick. Oh God, Mickey. <laughs> yeah. S- slash original penguin. Yeah, which would have been cool. Um, yeah. So Paul Paul Rubens, Tim Burton favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a favorite of mine. Yes. Um. Yeah, so the dynamic there is really interesting because we have the penguin growing up uh, a pauper, but he knows that he comes from money, so he still has the mentality. He obviously, well, well actually, I he want, doesn't I want, know that until he 
he uh, researches his ancestry. So do you, uh, so here's I, here's the thing. I do you think that he knew the whole time who his parents are, and that that was just a ruse to get to the Hall of Records so that yes. he could look up who all the firstborns were? Yes, I mean that's what Batman suspects. Yeah, that's true. His instincts are usually pretty good. World's greatest detective, <laughs> except his relationship ones. No, he's <laughs> not great at that. Uh, it's because he takes his mask off too often, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, by the way, that's like a superhero trope I cannot stand. I just cannot get so mad when they show their face and they take their masks off. It makes me so mad, irrationally. He was he was trying to seal the deal with uh, Selena. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand thinking with his codpiece. <laughs> Uh, he does, I mean, I guess this is after he finds out who his parents is, but he does mention that he was born with a Tiffany rattle. So like he knows, he knows about his, his wealth, but I guess it's debatable on if he knew it before or after. The other question I have is who raised them? Was it the penguins or the circus people? (laughs) Yeah, there's. First, I want to take a step back. Is this the only Batman adaptation where the penguin is a literal penguin? Uh, I think it's gotta be because in in like the Batman sixty six show and and like yeah. the video games and all the others, he's just some ugly mobster. Yeah. The, as far as and obviously, there's a lot of Batman I haven't read, but bold move. <laughs> here, here for it, here for it, one hundred percent. But bold move. Uh, I've never thought about it that way. Like I've read quite a few Batman comics. I don't. I can't remember one where. <laughs> and al- also, we'll get there as well. But is there a Batman comic where Catwoman is literally revived by cats by breathing into her? And I remember that a lot, guys. That that the, the cats nibbling on her fingers. It's freaky, man. It it's is really freaky. Ugh. Um. Okay. Also. I- Oh, so, also, so you, so your question was about the penguins raising them, <laughs> or whether it was the circus people. Yes. <laughs> where, where did the circus people first come from? That's what I'm not sure. I kind of assume the circus people, like he landed by the penguins, and the circus people were hanging out down there. That the, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like <laughs> this movie is absurd, but like, is it absurd enough that he was lit, like he looked like a monster and was literally raised by penguins so he thinks he's a penguin <laughs> I mean, let's, it, go, it, let's go with yes let's ah <laughs> oh, beautiful also also the other thing i was thinking about is it's 33 years later the penguin in this movie is 33 years old he's younger than us that right made, now that made me feel good actually <laughs> Also, one more thing on the Penguin guys that I just have. He looks like Sam Kendison. I know you'll appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> Do you think they did that on purpose? Like his hair? His yeah, hair his hair and just like everything about him. He just looks like Sam Kinison. It's kind of an, like an edgelord sense of humor, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so another interesting thing about the Penguin situation is that he is both raised by the penguins and rules over them. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He seems... They seem to just do his bidding. And I'm they, sure... What if they thought he was a penguin, and then they're like, oh, man. They treat they treat him as a king. They give him a Viking funeral. Well, it, how long do penguins live? Like, it, this might be the generation that came after the ones uh, that raised him. 
I'm looking at He's the elder. Emperor penguins live 20 years. Where's Morgan Freeman? Tell me about penguins. (laughs) Please don't speak inappropriately while you're doing it too, Morgan Freeman. So the ones who uh, raised him already marched off this mortal coil. Yeah. (laughs) So these are the kids of... (laughs) Yeah. And which, parent, by the way, which parent were real penguins? There's a penguin colony underneath Gotham City, and they're just <laughs> having new generations of penguins. I know this isn't the topic of hand, but this movie is just so insanely good, I will say. Um, it's worth noting. Okay, so so the penguin has uh, failed son. Uh, do yeah. we... What other notes do we have? Okay, hold, before, let me just close out what you were just talking about. I guess the the fact that we're having that discussion is why I I, lo- I like this movie so much. Th- they spend, uh, I timed it, they spend less than three, like about three minutes exactly doing Penguin's origin. Yeah, and yeah, most of that is just like him floating down into the sewer while the opening credits play. So those opening credits, like Moody thing, would have happened regardless. And they just crammed a lot of his origin story in there. And then after that, it's done. If this movie had been made today, that whole thing would be an hour and a half. It'd be its own movie, probably. It would have definitely been at least 20 or 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it is very economical, and it does, like... I mean, we get it, right? I mean, he was he was born a freak. His parents got rid of him, and he went to the sewers. Yep. And everything else is just up to us to talk who cares? about. Yeah, I mean, exactly. who, I care. I care. Dolphin, no, I care. No, but a I lot. mean, <laughs> I don't mean I don't care in, in the sense that I need yeah. a firm answer to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if his parents had any more children that were not penguin people. <laughs> <laughs> That's like true. he has a brother. Like, do you have another kid after you just had a penguin child that ate your cat? <laughs> or are you like I think we're done? We're going to adopt. The other thing I kind of like uh, that I like about this movie is like I have no idea when this movie takes place. Like, there, like it kind of seems somewhat modern day in some ways, you know, during the present. But like thirty three years ago, looks like it's like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it, I guess there's like a CD in it, so that <laughs> sort of gives it away. When, yeah, there's when a CD DJ in Batman it. like scratches on it. Oh. Yeah, that's which is the only like three seconds of the movie that I don't like. Oh. Yeah. one second of the movie that that ages poorly for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. um yeah okay so joe i know i know you have a a, a lot of sort of interesting well do you you forgot your third person you wanted to talk about which oh, is, is, is sorry. mr wayne himself yes we need just to talk real about quick i mean everyone knows him from all the other movies and it's not really that much different in this one uh i actually would argue well, that he it is, is. I, I mean in terms of the thing the the personality traits that align that you're saying could align him at, could define him as a, a fail son yeah I, but it's, i feel like it's a little different in this like the keaton keaton as batman is or as bruce wayne is a little more interesting because like i kind of compare it to the christian bale batman and like i would argue that the batman the christian bale batman the the um bruce wayne is essentially like that character is like you know the whole the whole illusion of that character is sort of like the Playboy fail son guy, but like this Bruce Wayne Michael Keaton is just like a lonely, bumbling, kind of pathetic dude. Like he never seems cool ever. I actually, when you yeah. compare the two, I like Keaton's Bruce Wayne much more than Bale's. Yes, but I agree. The, but the inverse is also true, and that. 
Keaton in action scenes never really does it for me. Well, I mean, I think part of that is Tim Burton is not very good at well, that. Well, and we'll, well, we'll get to and this. And he was but in I, a suit that where he couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I honestly, Bruce Wayne, I mean, Bruce Wayne is kind of always more interesting than Batman, but especially yeah. in this one, you're basically like looking at a guy with relationship issues who sometimes goes out and fights crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is it is oddly enough, this movie, Batman is the boringest part of this movie, I would argue. Like I give me Selena and give me Oswald. When they go to Batman, I'm kinda like, Ugh, this is like not as interesting to me as the rest of it. Yeah, that that's kinda what I, something I was gonna bring up. Like he doesn't he even need to be in this movie. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's and he doesn't show up until I think like thirty six minutes into it. Yeah, I noticed that like really long time until Batman shows up. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's couple... just, just one of many reasons that this movie is to me maybe the most bizarre summer blockbuster, easily in the top five. I, I can't think of any others off the top of my head that are weirder. The the two big things that I will say that are fail son. Um, things about Bruce Wayne in this movie is one, he does have a man cave in the house he inherited from his parents. Yeah, yeah and he basically and, still lives with a version of his dad. He can't take care of himself. No, he cannot take care of himself. And at one point, as we mentioned, he does DJ, which seems like a very <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a job. Yeah, I'm a DJ. <laughs> but but he is sort of respect. I mean, at least like you know, Max does come to him for money or to sort of get his influence so um well, that might mean a lack of respect he's like this idiot will give me money for this that's complete true. scam that's true yeah 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 but yeah bruce wayne you know i i don't really have any more on bruce wayne like i really think the the interesting guy in all of this is 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 oswald but like batman and bruce wayne why this movie is interesting is an interesting like a, a, a comparison, right? I mean, it's kind of like I said, this movie's about parenting and privilege. They both came from privilege to some extent, and they both have daddy issues. Yeah, and it, th- I think this movie, my argument, and and I I welcome disagreement, but I, I think the the whole point of this movie is about the way sort of our society produces people like this, produces fail sense. And the way I phrased it is, like, what causes fail sons to leave their basement? <laughs> if fail sons just stayed in the basement and played video games all the time, like, uh, no one would care about them, and they wouldn't bother anybody. They would just be living off of mommy and daddy's money and gaming and eating Hot Pockets and trolling people They're online. They're stepbrothers. Really. Yeah, it would be Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly and stepbrothers, which is harmless. Yeah. Uh, but something causes them to leave the basement and <laughs> expect things with batman slash bruce wayne at least in the burton movies uh, you never really get that i guess it was the murder of his parents that you know it, it's kind of like jesus where there's a lot of info missing between like 10 years old and 30 years old like in the first Burton yeah. Batman, yeah. you you know you oh by the way guys, uh, do you know of any info about what happened to Bruce Wayne's parents, uh, where I might be able to find uh, some representation of them? Yeah, I've never seen it. It's they 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 keep that hidden so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in the first Batman, 
his parents are killed, and then just 30 years later or 20 years later, he's Batman. I never thought about the Jesus analysis or like <laughs> analogy. It's very similar. So we don't get to see, and I think that we do see uh, more fail son development in Batman Begins. Yeah. We definitely get it there. Uh, we get to see the brooding and the, you know, just the whatever. I don't care. I don't want this company anyway. Yeah. I don't need it. And I, and I don't know that it's even necessarily in this movie, Batman. I don't think he's a really very good example of it, but it's, um, it's just the Batman the, the, mythos overall. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, but what this movie really, it's exploring one thing and that's the idea of birthright. And this is something the penguin talks about explicitly. This idea that I was born because of the, the circumstances and, and the situation into which I was born these things are owed to me which is obviously on its face absurd but it's a real thing and it i think all of the the antagonists in this film are grappling with that in some way fighting for something that they think that they deserve that is owed to them yeah and i think that that's one of the primary drivers drivers of evil in our culture is is bad people who think that they are owed something and because of that, the means they use to achieve that or to acquire that, it's irrelevant because it's mine. And I, the Penguin says this explicitly, mentions that this is his birthright, reclaiming his birthright, I, I believe is how he phrases it. Yeah. And the Shreks, Penguin, all of them, almost all of the men in this film are all operating on these variations of things that they are owed, whether it's a woman's body or it's money or it's power. They all are operating from the perspective that this is something that they are entitled to. And I think that that is the thing that gets fail sons out of the basement and bothering us is that I am owed this because of who I am and, and from whom I was born. There is also, uh, and I will say I, I agree with that 100%. And to also accompany that, I think with uh, Shrek and Bruce Shrek is yeah, I just, <laughs> what if it was Shrek, like the 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 green monster guy? Yes, yeah, so just thinking. Uh, so with the Max, am I? It's Shrek, right? It, yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah, right. You're yeah. right. It's no, right. I, it's that. So it's with just... with Shrek and uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman, you're seeing you're seeing. <laughs> You are Sorry, seeing, Doug. you're seeing uh, what our uh, our glorious leader um, espels, which is I alone can fix this. Um, you have such just ego maniacal, and you don't know if they believe it themselves or if they're just deliberately conning or a mixture. But it's this whole I know what's best for Gotham. I know how to fix Gotham, whether it's through this. Uh, power plant that's gonna actually probably murder everyone or through dressing up like a bat and being a vigilante (laughs) it's my crazy idea is what will fix this i alone know what's best in many ways uh the penguin is the sanest of these three he just wants power for the sake of power well he just has a grudge he just wants to get laid yeah and he wants money and he wants to be mayor he is gotham's pure honest id well 
that's what's interesting about him, right? Because all he really wants is beginning. His whole plan is just, I want to find out all the firstborn sons, and I'm getting revenge. That's all I care about, right? I, that's, I respect that's all... I respect the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and it's only later when Max is like, you know what, bud? You should be mayor. <laughs> that he's like, yeah, man. I well, should that... be mayor. That's, that's how capital and that's how power deals with these populist uprisings. Is, is the penguin sees the way that you could be cast out. He sees, like he mentions, he, he literally sees their filth, both mm-hmm. literally and metaphorically. Yeah. And he, he disgusts him, and he wants to destroy it. And that that's always lurking underneath the surfaces of, of every society. And the way the people of privilege and people of power deal with it is by co-opting it. And they, they say, no, I, you are angry, and here's what you should do about it. And Shrek just brings that anger and that populist resentment into Donkey. the fold, and and he uh, and he uses it. He tries to control it. You know, the other interesting thing is you even see with power, like how um, the penguin changes almost immediately once the mayor thing happens, right? Because almost um, literally immediately after that, he finds out he's a mayoral candidate. He starts talking. This is what all politicians do. What we've learned talks inappropriately about women immediately <laughs> immediately which by the way i want to fill her void was not a joke i got as a kid nope yeah <laughs> i also pro- i also didn't pick up on the uh groping with the button when i was a kid yeah he's like this this film is just when i when i was a kid i'd watch movies like this and i'd just be like ben these individual characters are really bad yeah. What we've learned over the last <laughs> few years is that this is just garden variety rich guy stuff. Yeah. Like this is how they all behave. <laughs> and yeah. um so, and it makes you wonder like the 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 people that are making these movies work with people like that or they are people like that. Yeah. Before before we move on, I just want to say what do you think it's like to have your boob fondled by a giant flipper? <laughs> I th- I prefer it. <laughs> I over fingers. His flipper trick, his French flipper trick. Oh my oh, god, gross! I, I There's some that, dirty like, lines. That's so gross. I can't believe as a kid I watched that. Was this and PG thirteen? It, it was PG thirteen. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna say, it, okay, two things. First of all, there's kind of this. This is not original by far, but there's this kind of. Uh, criticism of Batman in general that Batman is a fascist and goes back to what we just said that he knows what is best for everyone and you really see that in this movie I we just talked about how you see that with the leads but you also see it with the complete just sissification of any other authority like the politicians and the police they're just useless if not corrupt just Commissioner whiny. Gordon is worthless in this movie. Commissioner yeah. Commissioner Gordon is a bumbling fool. The mayor is just in Shrek's pocket. Impossibly corrupt. Yeah, the cops are just kind of like, "Oh, what's going on? I don't make enough for this shit." And like, also, can you imagine living in like I was just thinking, can you imagine living in Gotham City and just occasionally a bunch of circus freaks come out and wreck havoc, steal a baby or something? <laughs> yeah, like you're just like, man, uh, if you go downtown, be careful. Those circus freaks. 
are, are if, if you see crossing. a novelty-sized <laughs> gift box, <laughs> run away immediately. Yeah, that's the other thing in this movie. This movie, I'm part of this because there's so many sets, but it almost feels like a play. Uh, a lot of this movie to me feels like a play. This could be on the stage. And like, there's just these like moments, like when that giant novelty box shows up, there's just a crowd of hundreds of people. No one turns around. Like no one pays any attention. Like there's this like, the way everything is staged and done in this movie is just like, it just like, honestly, this could be a play. This could be like, uh, just like an outdoor play you go see. Yeah, I think that's kind of true with Tim Burton in general, just because of how yeah. indebted he is to German expressionism yeah, and how his sets are just bizarre and look otherworldly. Like you can't imagine this happening in the natural world. No. So I, I agree with you that it could be a play. Um, the other point I wanted to make was I kept going back and forth with Shrek and Penguin in that I was trying to make a Trump Steve Bannon analogy, oh. but I could not decide which was which at times. It would flip around. <laughs> like the French flipper trick. Oh, gross. <laughs> I, at, any day now, Bannon's just going to be gurgling up like black saliva. <laughs> he's going to sa- save a New baby. Yorker festival or something. He's, he's going to save eat- a baby, and they'll be like, oh my God, he's good now. <laughs> Well, all you have to do is hand a candy to Michelle Obama and you become good these days. So <laughs> Thomas Friedman's going to see him and like, oh, he's actually good now. I just gave him a fish. Yes. <laughs> uh, you also have uh, a few other, I want to talk about a few other uh, fail son tropes that I feel like um, Oswald and the Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot hits. Number one, we find out later, loves playing video games. He's a gamer. <laughs> He's a gamer. Dude, his gaming rig rules. <laughs> oh, one thing one thing I was going to mention, <laughs> that was our family's Winnebago. The exact model. <laughs> really? I think, I think that's a 73 Brave. Does yours have better uh, suspension? <laughs> uh, they don't have great suspension, I'll say that. But When you guys uh... like were on were on like uh, big trips, did you guys do the tomahawk chop on the Brave? Uh, I don't think so. I think even back then... We're going to lose our Potawatomi Bingo and Casino sponsorship <laughs> if we keep making references like that. Uh, the other the other one I want to bring up is, uh, much like some of the most powerful men, uh, it's tough to take down a powerful man, right? Can we agree with that? takes a lot. But there's one thing that ruins him more than anything else, and that's the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't 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 let yourself get recorded. Yeah, he he got taped. He got Nixoned, but it Why? doesn't even matter anymore. That's true. That's, That's the way that this movie's. And I I I I'm frustrated because I kind of usually watch these movies and I take notes and then I kind of browse around the the internet. But there was an article in the AV Club that made that precise point that uh, I was from earlier in 2018 that that this movie like he does all the same terrible things Trump did leading up to Trump's election, and, and Trump just proved it doesn't even matter. Well, to be fair, Trump did not have flippers <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> well, I mean, he does have a weird-looking penis, so... Can you, can you imagine... You've never, he might, you've never seen his feet. That's true. Can you imagine, like... I was just thinking about that in the movie when, like, Max, like, introduces... <laughs> when he introduces, like, the he builds this entire, t- like, political team... 
and he just introduces, yeah. and he's just wearing his like stained suit. He's like eating a fish. <laughs> You're so good. And no one, no one bats an eye. They're just like, yeah. I mean, let's just what we have to work with. Let's see what we can do because <laughs> these rich men are just <laughs> filth, and they're just used to it. I did like they're that. Like, uh, oh, this is a little different, but. I don't know. <laughs> I liked that one of the political operatives was Jan Hooks. I forgot that she was in this movie. Yeah. What What do I? I don't know her. What do I, should I know her from? Uh, she was on SNL in the late '80s. Okay. And she's in. Well, I guess she's in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and mm-hmm. I, you you'd know her. She pops okay. up in a lot of stuff. It's it's uh it, like I said, it's a really uh it's a really interesting movie, and and I agree with you, Duff. It's a bizarre a really bizarre blockbuster movie because I would argue this movie is at its worst whenever like there's an action sequence, right? Like yeah. everything else is when it's good. Like, you know, give me, give me Catwoman and, uh, and, and the penguin having some like back and forth, weirdly sexualized talk with bird eating. You yeah. sent all the signals. Yeah. yeah. God, just, just every, like this movie's about sexual harassment. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. So yeah, the the theme that I think everyone except well, I guess Shrek doesn't, but is everyone wants to bone Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, he just killed her or tried to. Yeah, he maybe did. She has a few lives. Yeah, it literally has nine lives. Yep, because a cat licked her fingers. <laughs> a cat. Well, that one, that one cat breathed into That's her. That's right. Like, also, like, like Michael uh, Clark Duncan in the Green Mile. Just. <laughs> Also, like in my head, she had a ton of cats, but when I rewatch movies, she just has one cat that goes around just having sex with all the other neighborhood cats. That's another. This movie is a <laughs> is a Freudian nightmare. I'm just psychosexual, gone. I don't even know how to phrase it. Because yeah, she comes in, and like the first thing she says to her cat is just project. Project. She's jealous that her cat has sex and she does not. That's yeah. how weird this movie is. Yeah, and then she, when she's pushed out the window, it is immediate. Like, she's been laying there for a good five seconds, maybe, and just an army of cats. Also, like, think of it from Max Shrek's standpoint. You just pushed your secretary out the window. There's a broken window. She's at the bottom on the ground, and he, like, there's no, like, cleanup. It's just like, dah. I don't need to worry about this. This one, one other power. thing, one other thing that I that ties into the whole uh, fail son daddy issue power thing is Shrek is basically the Jeff Bezos of this movie because apparently there's Shrek's department store and Shrek yeah. power plants. He does <laughs> like, own a lot of what's going on in Gotham. He, he has a lot of uh, diversity in his portfolio. <laughs> That's the other part of this is, you know, you have the this sort of birth, notion of the birthright too, but you also have just this incredible misogyny that that yeah. permeates underneath all of this. And there's just moment after moment where the the most threatening thing in a scene is the idea of a woman speaking and having an idea, <laughs> and that that's like step one towards her demise is she, she speaks up in a meeting and says that she has an idea. And Shrek's just horrified by this. I mean, the gender politics in this movie are certainly not subtle. But but what is is interesting about it is the way that she responds to it, to being silenced and to being ignored, is to just turn into like this dominatrix sex goddess 
uh, it's pretty cool <laughs> for how old this movie is. Oh, yeah, I agree. Although I will say, I'm not <laughs> – let me play devil's advocate. It is bizarre if you were like <laughs> – if there was like an important work meeting and someone just like – I almost imagine it's like the catering team came in there to like – fill up like add some food and stuff and they're like i have an idea and you'd be like okay well <laughs> well i think that's offensive actually because like she's not just the like the, uh, the cleanup I, service she's I his assistant i agree but at that point we don't know she's just coming in there pouring coffee terribly I like guess. which like we first see her out like that first moment you're like it almost made me think that she didn't even like that she was just like they're working late <laughs> and she was just like grabbing coffee i don't know either way though the way they react to her is totally wrong and it's awful and and i feel bad because the other gender politics thing that happened is when it first happens her first reaction isn't god those men are awful her first reaction is like wow man i screwed up yeah she's beaten down by the misogyny of the patriarchy which it does make me wonder we see her you know we hear her mom on the phone like it does make me wonder what is Selena Kyle's backstory because it sounds like she left home to go to the city. And Remember that like, old trope curious, is, like, is the single person coming home to their parent nagging them on an answering machine. Yeah, that was. That a good, used to be in movies all the time. That was yeah. a that was a good trope. The other the other trope was that you'd only have one message on the answering machine and it's just your parents nagging you and I'm like you <laughs> you have no messages. It's the thing, it's the thing, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't very successful with the ladies in high school. (laughs) And I kind of... Odd hush. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of blame... This this is the worst TED Talk ever. (laughs) I kind of blame... Batman. uh, No. (laughs) My flippers. Uh, I kind of blame... The fact that, like, this is pre, like, there was no way of communicating with people outside of, like, calling the home number. And that was terrifying. The idea of, Yeah, like, no one in the world was able to do it, including I you. Wasn't. I know I would call, like, a girl who I liked, and then if she didn't answer <laughs> it, I would just hang up. So, it felt so, like, so the dad silly. would answer, and you would hang up. Yeah, because it's like, uh, oh, uh, hey, uh, uh. I was just wondering. If so when you home. so when you called Reba McIntyre's office, <laughs> <laughs> I had tremors. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I just like you know, like now you can just like you know send an email or send a message or text them. Any, any, an any other way? Famous day, famous dating medium. Email. Any other way? What ex- what's what's the subject line when you email someone for a date? Hey, sup? You up? <laughs> hey, girl. I mean, it's just different than when you have to call the family line. That's awful. Yeah, and then it's the extremely worst. telling that you never had the courage to do it. I never had the courage the, to do it. Oh I God. I would go to my friend's house and I would watch them do it, and I I just couldn't believe. Would you just would you go to? I'm, a, I'm cutting this out because it's too. No, it's, it's okay. I'm okay with who I am. Would you I'm go, a winner now, Joe. I'm a winner. Would you go to a payphone? <laughs> would you like stand outside in the rain in a payphone like John? <laughs> I Cusack? would have to like I a would mobster. Have to go, he, like he drove three miles, miles into town <laughs> 20, to find a payphone. Twenty miles to do that. I'm not doing that. Dad, can I borrow eight dollars worth of quarters? <laughs> I have to make one phone call. That but reminds it has to be me, at the right time. That reminds me when uh, I had a friend of mine that like we would we, there was a pay you know there was a pay uh, payphone in our school. 
and he I thought this was the cleverest the most clever thing ever. Let's say he had to call his parents. Instead of spending any money on it, he would call them collect. <laughs> Hold on. And then when they asked for his name, he'd be like, Hey it's Josh, ready to get picked up. And then <laughs> So then his parents would get the call and it would be like, Hey, it's Josh, ready to get picked up. Do you accept it? And he'd be like, No. And then they'd go pick him up. That's clever. Anyone we've alienated any, every listener under the age of like thirty two. I, 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 I was just about to say, like, we might as well be speaking Martian or something right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get on so many assumptions. Uh, Let's go get back to talking about our VHS tape of Batman. Okay. <laughs> so I I in a, another case of kind of nostalgia, or maybe what I thought uh seemed good at the time or bad at the time, uh it's kind of telling that I thought, oh, Selena can afford a pretty good apartment on that secretary's salary. Doesn't even have to have a roommate. Well, it might be in a bad neighborhood in Gotham. It seemed like it might be. Isn't all of Gotham a bad neighborhood, though? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Outside of, like, Wayne Manor. I mean, you know, she's it's one bedroom. She's got a, you know, she got a kitchen. I mean, it seems she's like got it's... she got that fluorescent she, sign that she, says hello there. She can have pets. <laughs> So we can have the subtle hell here later in the movie. I did. I did like that. <laughs> I don't mind it either, actually. I did again, like really getting into weird sexual stuff that you're not going to get when you're ten or whatever we were when this movie came out. Like it's like, oh, that lady has a giant fluorescent uh, or neon sign that says "Hello there" <laughs> in her bedroom. In her bedroom. It's pretty hot, in my opinion. Do you guys have anything else about fail signs, or do we want to go into the dark web? I, I Can we just spend some time? First of all, I want to talk about one more line that okay. was amazing, and then I think we need to celebrate Danny DeVito. Yes. Okay. Uh, when Batman uh, confronts Catwoman, Batman says, no hard feelings, and she says, she says actually semi-hard, I'd say. Yeah. She feels Batman up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then just to find his skin, like that move where she's like, is this you? Oh, this is you. And then she just like uses her nails to slash him. Man, I mean, I could tell. I mean, you could see why Bruce Wayne, Catwoman's taking Look, up a lot Bruce of Bruce Wayne thoughts. is not, he doesn't leave the house. He doesn't meet a lot of women. I understand no. why he went all in on Selena. Yeah. Also, like, I did like that moment, speaking of like sexual things in this, when they're like making out and they both have these wounds they don't want the other person to see. Yeah, yeah. That's. Do you do you think that that's metaphor, guys? Yeah, Joe. Did no. you ever hide your wounds from other ladies? <laughs> <laughs> they were unhideable. <laughs> uh, oh, one other weird. <laughs> did Elephant Man hide his? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a burlap sack. That's there's a reference to that in this movie too. Yeah, there is. There so is. I, I am d- not. I, a, I am not an. I, I am not a man. I am an animal. <laughs> Penguin yells that when yeah, he comes down to that this was game. Good. It's so good. God, it's so good. I wanted so, to point uh, out one other just kind of inappropriate thing is how Gotham has a really skanky Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Dude, God. Dude, uh, Penguin does real uh, Trump hours when he goes into the tent to uh, harass a pageant girl <laughs> <laughs> and then assaults her. Yeah. He kills her. Yeah. yeah. That's why Catwoman yeah. gets mad. 
Yeah, that's true. I was in, that was when Catwoman's like, that's uh, too much. You can't may, be killing the maybe the later. maybe the segues into how great Danny DeVito was. Like, she looked pretty scared to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna say two things. First of all, I I I love this movie. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I think it's the best Batman movie. And wow. I think that there's two things about this movie that are also bests. One. And this applies to the first Batman too. It's it's the best score for a superhero film. It is a very good score. Uh, yeah. And so Danny Elfman does a does a great job, and it just nothing gets me like the Superman one from John Williams is great, but the this one is is way better. Yeah, that, and this was the music awesome. theme that they used for the animated series too, which good choice. And two. Danny DeVito delivers the best uh, performance of anyone in a in a superhero film ever, in my opinion. And wow, I, I just think he's absolutely fantastic. He's yeah, he is grotesque and disgusting, but also likable at points. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like there is something to be said for just pure honesty, no matter how evil. Whereas Batman and Shrek kind of hide behind. You know, it's like, oh, for the donkey. <laughs> well, Pe- well De- Devito, he this is like, I mean, I you know, we could we could talk about Tim Burton later if we want to, because I mean, his whole thing has become quite tired, and he doesn't make good movies anymore. But but there's a genuine love for those old monster movies, and and I think Danny Devito does a great callback to those old wonderful performances. In in because Batman he's... in the in the original Batman series, which is like I really like. I own the original Batman series on Blu-ray. Like it is fun. It is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking more about stuff like like Frankenstein or the Wolfman. Yeah, or, it's very like, it, like he's basically a Frankenstein fitting. character, and he he plays this monster that's horrifying and at times violent and evil, but deep down, he just wants to be loved, and DeVito captures that perfectly. And that's what you're talking about, where sometimes you pity him and sometimes you like him because deep down you can see you, you empathize with what he wants, which is the same thing that we all want. It's very in keeping with the, like you said, the, the universal monsters. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. And uh, and also, you know, Godzilla, Frankenstein, uh, King Kong. Elephant Man. It, Elephant Man is it, obviously purely pretty much purely good, but, but it's the same principle. Like it's the the same look principle. Away and he want, yeah. It's that their society made these monsters, and the monsters never asked to exist, and you can't really blame them when they go when they run amok. Exactly. I mean, but I do think I agree with you guys. But like, I, there's definitely like a, there's definitely a like Batman '60s thing here. Like even the story, the main story of them. Of oh like yeah, I, I don't the disagree mayor with that. Is right from like a couple episodes of it. Yeah, and, and his like some of his like umbrella gadgets and his and his little duck yeah. car are pretty ridiculous, but I think it works great. And and it's because it, that's the other thing is is this movie is dark, and there's some some adult stuff lurking under the ser- surface, but it also doesn't take itself very seriously either. No, which is also refreshing, especially with modern DC movies. Which oh my god, the one of the best parts is when the crowd turns on him and starts throwing stuff. He's like, why are they out? Toma- why do yeah. they always bring tomatoes? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I watched that with my wife. My wife! And uh, <laughs> she said it right before he said it. 
She's I like, why do they always have notes. tomatoes? <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then like he said it, and I was like, see? <laughs> Penguin's wondering the same thing. So one thing I, I just thought of, we mentioned how economical this was with Penguin and his origin. If Tim Burton had even made this movie 10 years later, it that would have been the entire movie, like we said before. But I'm just remembering... Like, remember when Tim Burton remade Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes. And the whole thing was, like, about uh, Willy Wonka's dad? Yeah. And there was also a trend in movies that I guess is still around. But for a long time, it was really, oh, we need to see more about this character's uh, parents and their upbringing. And that was kind of what Rob Zombie did with the his Halloween remake. Yeah, it was just boring and if not boring ugly and grotesque and i think i think in the first halloween it's like oh now we know that michael myers mom was a stripper who got abused oh good glad we know that it's weird tim burton has a lot of daddy issues in this movies yeah think of like you know big fish and this and like just willy Wonka on the chocolate factory like there's just there's just a lot of a lot of that in there he's a weird dude yeah uh, oh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. So I know one of the things you sort of brought up, Joe, is you said this is your favorite of the Batman movies, of like all yeah. Batman movies. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like this movie. I, I kind of respect this movie more than I enjoy watching it, if that makes sense. I I just think the action sequences are so bad well, that I like, don't think... it's hard to it's hard to deal with. So them. if you go into this with the mentality of an action movie, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. It's real bad. If um, you look at it that mainly way. because, and Joe mentioned this, Michael Keaton, probably not, uh, you know, n- not his fault, but he just kind of stands there. Like half the time is it's kind of that gag in the Raiders of the Lost Ark where the guy does a big thing and then Indiana Jones just shoots him. Yeah. It's kind of like that except played straight. Like some dude will do something Batman will just strike a pose and then just kind of slowly raise his arm. <laughs> which which happens in the first Batman, but I feel like in the first Batman it works somehow. Yeah, it. I watched that a, maybe a year or two ago, and that that movie has some clunkiness as well. But so I, I will say, action wise, I think this is on Tim Burton doesn't work that well. It doesn't. Well, I okay, but I would say my pushback to that is. Not really pushback, but Batman, like, punching and fighting people. Like, do you remember any of those scenes from the new ones? Like, the the great action set pieces from the new ones, it's all, like, either car chases or it's, like, heist sequences are the only things that I really remember. Yeah, but I remember the end of the movies. Like, when I was rewatching this movie, which I've seen a bunch of times, I was like, I cannot for the life of me remember how this movie ends. Oh, really? I, yeah. I think that I couldn't remember it at this all. This was probably the first time I'd watched it in full since the theater, and I still remembered the ending. I remember... Yeah, I really? Think, I, I think you're unique in that regard. Right? I remembered right. that... He rises up from the water, and then the penguins give him a Viking funeral. Kind yeah, of. he has he has penguin ball bearers. Yeah, <laughs> which I read about the penguins. I was really curious. Like, so some of the penguins there were actually there yeah, were actually penguins. penguins on set, but yep. some of them were also just uh, uh, animatronic. Little, I think weren't they? But there were also some little people as oh, emperor penguins nice. too. Yeah. Let's do a let's do a shout out to Stan Winston. Who? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's so great. 
and, yes. and all, everything he did in this movie looks fantastic. I would say this is probably my third or fourth favorite Batman movie. I love the first Batman. Like the first Batman, and part of it, I'm sure, is nostalgia because like how much it, much it meant to me when I first saw it. But like that movie owns. I love that movie. I like. It, part of it is I watched a ton as a kid. I always kind of feel like your life, like who you turn out, can be somewhat defined by the movies you watch a ton as a kid. And that was definitely in the top three or four for me. Or how many carrots you eat in a month. Or how many carrots you <laughs> eat. Um, well, you probably the reason you don't like Batman Returns a lot as much is because you're stopped eating carrots and you I couldn't, see it, I couldn't well. see it i couldn't see it couldn't figure what was happening <laughs> you know one thing i wanted to say before i forget even back then i remember that the scene with catwoman and penguin on the bed i was uncomfortable watching that with my parents like it made <laughs> me it caused me to feel weird you were also a giant i was uh, a <laughs> Also, ex- uh, that's, that's you also fi- had all of your limbs draped over the sides of the couch because you were eight <laughs> feet tall. That is actually a fair point because I had pr- I was probably like right on the edge of puberty when this yeah. movie came out. So this movie was causing all types of weird reactions. <laughs> You're watching some hot girl in leather eating a bird and being eating like, I don't know what this real flipper bird. boy. By the and then, I don't know what this flipper guy is going to do. And then to her. and then you're watching just a grotesque man in a skin tight bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> I love his little jammies. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how dirty and disgusting they are, and how and even. And then in the end, you get to see his weird lumpy penguin ass as he's laying there, <laughs> yeah. oh, like man. waiting to be taken into the water by the penguins. Yeah. It's it's it. I I like I said I respect this movie a ton, and I and I think um, I don't know if I'll go quite as far to say that Danny DeVito's penguin is the best, but like when you combine that with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, like it's too incredibly compelling villains which is almost too bad because that's what like all like sequels to comic book movies do now and this is one of the few that actually had two really good interesting villains and part of it works so as joe mentioned because batman doesn't need to be in this movie yeah he uh, he's not even in a quarter of it the first quarter of it and i think that it works because catwoman occupies that middle space yeah, she does. Can you, before we move on to Tales from the Dark Web, can you just tell me what your favorite Danny DeVito moment is in this movie? Because there's there's so many. Uh, or just think about his character. I just want to well, celebrate I, him Well, I think I time. gave mine, which is when uh, Catwoman says, I thought you were just going to scare her. She's like, you look pretty scared to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, mine, mine is when he's eating that fish and he's in his little diaper outfit. <laughs> he's just grunting. Her. He's just grunting. <laughs> uh, uh, and he's like, I'm uh, <laughs> I want to fill her void. And you're like, whoa, what <laughs> happened? And that's like right after he becomes a mayoral candidate. Like, he's like, I could do whatever I want now. I also like when he bites the dude's nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty good, too. That's pretty good, too. That poor guy. Let me what? see what I could do to, like, help you uh, work on your image. <laughs> what if? <laughs> All right, let's, let's. Tales from the Dark One. Oh, let's go to the dark. So this one was a little tougher because this is right on the edge of when the internet was actually, or the web was invented. I think Mm. the web just turned like 25 or something like that. So so I spent a good amount of time trying to find um, primary sources. It didn't turn out well, but I did find... um, I guess this is primary. This is a letter to the editor of the Orlando Sentinel. Yes, I'm already, I'm all in. Uh, And they said, 
It is titled Batman Returns is no PG-13 film. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Did and, Tipper Gore write this? <laughs> it says, I had trouble enjoying Batman Returns, not because I saw any lack of craftsmanship, but because of a question and answer that bothered me throughout the film. Question, how did this movie avoid the R rating? Answer, it would have been unprofitable. <laughs> I, I think, okay. I think well, it's high time we review how movies seem to be rated in this country. Nudity seems to automatically draw the R. Why is this? There is nothing wrong with the fact that we are all males and females under our clothing. This should not be a problem. <laughs> Problems are seduction and promiscuity. These are dangerous, <laughs> while nudity oh, is natural. That, okay, I was all in until we got here. Apparently, this was not recognized in the rating of this film, which contains a most seductive and promiscuous character. Sex she's also, not really no. promiscuous. She's uh, the opposite of promiscuous. Alfred. And, Leave Alfred out of this. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she's talking about her cat, Selena's cat. The cat is the slut. Getting, getting all that tail. Literally. Selena's the opposite of promiscuous. She doesn't get on with anyone. No. Um, but this, this person goes on to say, sex also tends to draw the R rating, uh, even though the film's suggestiveness may be far worse than portraying the act. If you look at all the suggestiveness of Batman Returns, this film contains far more sex than most R-rated films without the act what? ever happening. What are you talking about? Death <laughs> is a part of life, as is the unfortunate fact that people can be violent. Some films portray this in, in a way suitable to be watched by most audiences. However, the theatrical destruction and costumed murderers of Batman Returns, although artistically and symbolically the works of masters, are perverse. This movie, in its approach to violence along with its suggestiveness, is a great big adult cartoon. Terminator mm -hmm. 2, a far out film, was more... Oh, oh, hold, hold on, stop right there. A far out film. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I, it says Terminator 2, comma, a far out film, comma, was more realistic in its portrayal of man-made violence. Batman uh... Returns is basically about a bunch of psychotics who can't deal with their oh. problems and spend most of their time it... hurting or trying to have their way with each other. Doesn't far out kind of mean like weird or unusual? Like there's no way Terminator I'm... 2 is weirder than Batman Returns. Well, no, I think I think that, uh, is this a, uh, who wrote this? Uh, it's boomer. just someone <laughs> named Michael Reeves. Does... Oh, Michael. Okay, so he, he, I think he means it's like more extreme, and it's, and and in the degree to which it pushes the envelope, like it's considered more far out, more extreme. Like it's rated R. It's extremely violent. Yeah, I think that's what he means. Um, Not far out, as in like far out, groovy man. man. Okay. Okay. Um, so he says it's about a bunch of psychotics. Uh, the public deserves a fair warning about the film so it can make the right <laughs> choices about it. Well, we, now it has it. Thanks, Michael. We need to see the R rating. Very upset. I, I mean, agree. PG-13 makes sense for this movie. Yeah. I mean. a, there, really, there's no blood. A no. Any violence that's in it is just like dudes getting hit in the head and then immediately dropping. It's not yeah. realistic violence at all. No. no. Well, a dude does get hit, set on fire. Oh, <laughs> that, was one, his nose that was one thing I wanted to say. Batman kills, I think, at least two people in this. Yeah. <laughs> which oh, is that's a good point. supposedly yeah. against the Batman code, but he sets someone on fire and straps a bomb to someone, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good gag, actually. But Yeah. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. You know, this entire movie reminds me of 
kind of Looney Tunes in that it's, and I mean that positively, in that it's very well orchestrated gags, but also has, you can tell it's made by a lot of dirty old men. Like, there's a lot of sexual stuff yeah, in, there is. in Looney Tunes as well. Uh, I don't know if we were planning on doing this, but I have plenty of them to share. Do you guys mind if I tell Fail Sun moment from my lifetime? Yeah, let's have you take it this week. Let's do okay. it. Listen, I have a never-ending amount of these. <laughs> um, so I was thinking of two. I think I'll save one for later in the season because I think it's the best one. Um, but... I was thinking of a moment where I absolutely failed my father. And let me just like say this. I have a lot of stories about me failing my son, my, 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 uh, failing my son. Freudian slip. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, failing oh, my boy. father. My father was, 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 I, I had good parents. My father was great. I actually don't think in any way he would think I was a failed son, but there's definitely moments where I failed him. And those are what I'm thinking of so i uh this is a very unfail sun thing i was gonna go ice fishing guys when i was in high school okay you got one outside That's yeah, I was gonna go outside go fail and go fail sunning <laughs> and go ice fishing i was gonna go ice fishing and so i uh I, I was gonna meet a friend of mine i was gonna drive my uh, my car over to his house and then we were gonna go ice fishing so uh i left and as i was about like a mile and a half from my house i hit a patch of ice and win the ditch <laughs> jeez and well, I, that like, happens just, yeah you driving happens. poorly no but like i lived in a rural area and like literally there was 16 miles from my house to the yeah i know i don't mean that you that can happen yeah. anywhere in the yeah. world yeah so i i think i went to a neighbor's house and then i like got a ride back to my house at which point I called my friend, because this is pre-cell phones. I called him to be like, hey, dude, I put my car in the but ditch. But then his so dad answered, so you hung up really quick <laughs> yeah. and then tried again. Did you call collect? So <laughs> I uh, I called him and I I, I said, uh, you know, my car's in a ditch, so I don't have a way to get there. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll drive over there and pick you up. And I was like, okay. So as he was driving to pick me up, I left a note for my dad that said, hey, dad, I put the car in the ditch. And then I drew a map of where the car was and said, went ice fishing, be back later. <laughs> what? You did? No. I thought you meant they were coming to pick you up to go get the car. No. So my friend picked me up, and then we drove right past my car in the ditch. How and old then, were you? I mean, 17, Obviously 16. old enough to drive. <laughs> yeah. It's so I drove. Old enough to not I mean, be such a dick. <laughs> I went to my friend's house. We went ice fishing all day. And then I got a ride back home. My dad was livid. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. This poor I would guy. be so mad. <laughs> I'm mad right guy. now. <laughs> this poor guy. My dad was old. My dad was much older than me. He had so one he hand. Yeah. So he would have been, uh, you know, he would have been in his 70s. Because that's how much of an age difference we had. So my dad comes home, sees a, his son's gone. He knew his son was going ice fishing with a, <laughs> with a note on the table. With a hand-drawn map. <laughs> <laughs> and from my dad told me he just swore up a storm. He was so upset. And then he called a friend, and they went, and they pulled my car out of the ditch and brought it back home and he was so mad but the best part is one of those stories that's worth it because it's a story he told the rest of his life like he loved telling that story yeah. <laughs> about the time i put a car in the ditch and left a note that said went ice fishing Idiot. here's 
here's where the car is. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> You're just the biggest like asshole in high school from all the stories you've told us. <laughs> you well, only I mean, would have had an it... army of penguins to drag it out. <laughs> part of it was I was like, what am I gonna do? I can't do anything about this. Can't stay home and deal with the mess I made. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to pull the car out. So I was like, I'll just go home. I'll go do something fun. Why sit around? I like how what? you went from, well, I can't literally lift this car out with superhuman strength. So I might as well go <laughs> hang out with my friend. <laughs> not Batman. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's a story. I've got I'll save my best one for later, guys. That's a okay. different episode. Oh, man. Okay. Well, it did involve winter and ice, so it was suitable for this film. Should we talk about what we're going to do next week? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, we're definitely changing it up next week. A beautiful love story. Oh, man. Cult classic, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude, which is a movie that either you, like this, I guess all movies like this, either you know about this movie quite a bit or you're like, what are they talking about? But most people learn about this movie, at least I did, through... Cat. There's something about Mary. Uh, I thought you were going to say Cat Stevens. No, I was thinking something about Mary because they talk about uh, Mary loves Harold and Maude. I just I knew be- it. This was the movie that like the weirdo kids in high school always like, and I think that's how I found out about it, and then I was one of those weirdo kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I was too busy ice fishing, guys. Oh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it for the first time in college. And uh, part of the reason we picked this is that there is a new documentary out about about uh, the director, Hal Ashby. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about him. Uh, it's called Hal, if anyone wants to watch that as a supplement. I haven't seen it yet, but it is... I'm not sure if it's come to Milwaukee yet, but I'm sure it will by the time this airs. Or maybe it's already left. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm so out of touch with movies right now. But it, uh, it is the 30th anniversary of Hal Ashby's death at the young age of 59. He struggled with addiction and I, I i i'm excited to talk about harold and Maude. i think that the uh what <laughs> this the, there's we'll just say his fail son tendencies are unique and and i i suppose some of you might even push back at the very idea that he's a fail son but yeah. we'll talk about it next we'll week. get into it i i think i think that's something that, that uh our listeners should know is you know right away with gladiator we went with like a classic fail son and, and you know we're not going to just keep talking about the same type of fail son we're going to kind of you know play around with it a little bit and uh i haven't seen harold and mod since college so it's been a very long time long time for me too probably the same yeah. it's uh the cult fail son yes coming uh coming yeah. next week and I'd, i highly recommend you you find some time to go watch it uh this week so you're ready to to uh talk about it with us and uh, the other reason I'm excited is just finally we have a movie that's not an action movie. Yes. Yeah, that's As true. people will find out very soon, it's it's just kind of a quirky cult comedy, and uh, but it's got a lot of heart. Uh, I think even people that don't like it would agree that that it has heart. It, so uh, it it's should be, unique. It should be good. It is unique, and I and I think even if you don't watch Harold and Mod before next week, like it might be worth giving us a listen, and it'll kind of give you a different way to think about that about it when you watch it indeed all right well should we uh throw our popcorn containers away and uh trudge out to our cars yeah i think uh, let's have the penguins give us a funeral i think (laughs) i'm gonna be dragged out by emperor penguins (laughs) (laughs) oh let's a couple plugs listeners you can uh join our uh 
our Facebook group, The Freeloaders, listeners of a free podcast. You can find out about it if you go to afreepodcast.com slash freeloaders. That will direct you right to it. We're on Twitter and and Facebook as well as a free podcast. And I'm the only one who's going to say this, but you should go rate and review us on iTunes. That stuff uh, makes me feel good. (laughs) I can confirm that. I'll say that. We'll be back in a week with uh, with Harold and Maude. Sexy time. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs>